This is exactly right. Are you listening to Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer? The show has something for everybody, whether you're single and dating, in a relationship, maybe you're currently driving to divorce court. Nicole is wonderful, and she's been single for decades, and she can't figure out why. So on Why Won't You Date Me, she's on a quest to figure out how to be less awful at dating. She interviews comedians and celebrities about their love lives. I mean, I've been on the show, sorry, but I have. Trixie Mattel, Lacey Mosley, Paul F. Tompkins. New episodes release every Friday. Listen to Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer wherever you get your podcasts. Perfectly clear when you're a guest in my home. You gotta come to me empty-handed. I said no gifts. Your presence is presence enough, and I already had too much stuff. So how do you dare disobey me? Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. You're so happy you're here. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, if you have a minute, um, maybe keep listening to the podcast. Or if you're busy, I understand you can turn it off now. It's up to you. It's really in your hands for the, you know, it's your life. I'm not going to give you any more direction. I want you to just choose what makes you happy. So, Oh, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to talk to the guest. I'm so, I am through the roof about this guest. I just adore her. Maybe one of the greatest voices of all time, Yardley Smith. Yardley, welcome to I Said No Gifts. Thank you, Bridger. I am so thrilled to be here. I am a genuine fan of your podcast. This is truly an honor. Oh, God bless you. I am, I'm you know, before the recording began, you really saw uh, the the gears grinding as I just pushed every button on my recording device. <laughs> uh, it's been a stressful uh, intro to the podcast. And so I think it's safe to say that we're both just nervous. We're both anxious wrecks right now. I'm sort of an anxious wreck most of the time. So <laughs> it's just another, what day is it? Friday today. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's get into it in a normal way. How are you doing? I knew you were going to ask me that. I feel like <laughs> there's so much pressure with that question, Bridget. And I want specifics. I want to go <laughs> deep here and there will be no excuses. I'm not going to let you off the hook. I want to know how you're doing. Okay. Well, I've sort of been on the struggle bus recently, <laughs> um, which is a wonderful phrase that our social media manager for uh, that we have for Paperclip, her name is Monica, and she introduced me to that phrase, the struggle bus. And I thought it was one of the best ways to say, I'm having a bit of a fucking hard time without <laughs> people being so alarmed that they either hang up on you or run away or just lose your number. <laughs> right. So, um, and I think it's just this, uh, I, I am, I'm actually a terrible worrier. Right. And as things begin to reopen, I'm I'm I am what I refer to as an ambivert. 
Oh, of course. I learned about this uh, a couple of years ago, but I want Isn't you to explain. Good? And it's so perfect. I would suspect right. that you are the same. So because you're a performer, so your ability to be extroverted when you need to and when it's sort of within certain parameters that you feel like, okay, I get this, but you recharge like an introvert. So that means one-on-one -on -one or with good friends or by yourself, whatever that is. And so, you know, while lockdown for all intents and purposes was pretty intense. And I was like, I'm a homebody, but fuck, this is a lot. Um, <laughs> I definitely felt that way. But as we get back to normal, I, um, I'm a little anxious and not because I think somebody's going to give me something, but because I already had social anxiety. So, so great. Right. Right. It's that, uh, I was talking to somebody recently about this. It's so overwhelming to see people, but in both ways, both good and bad ways when it's like, I love seeing you, but I also, it, it, like, I feel like an animal being let out. Kind of. Like, how, 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 the what, the what now? What do we, okay, all right. right. So, um, so yes, and, uh, and I'm also, uh, I was listening to your um, most recent episode, and at the beginning of it, you said that you had had, you had not done well with your time management that well, that, that oh, day. God. And I thought, oh, that was me today. So I thought our interview was an hour ago. So I was like, okay, I had a morning of things to do. And then came on, I'm like, God, I'm tired. I need to take a quick nap because so I could be a lot like lively and vivacious. And then, so I only laid down for like 17 minutes and then I <laughs> banged out of bed and I walked on over to the computer and I sat down and nothing, nothing. And then I realized, Oh, <laughs> oh, and so, and that just scrambled my whole circuitry. <laughs> that weird uh, stress of when you plan something, you think something's coming, and then you've got a full hour, and then suddenly that hour that you have leading up to the event is meaningless. It's just meaningless. And so I was like, I was in such a dither. I, I thought, well, there are a great many things you could do because the to-do list never ends, and yet I was, I just was, I couldn't. Oh, no, you're just now in the waiting room. You're just that your entire life becomes a waiting room for the next hour or so. Do you believe in a power nap? What do you think of power naps? I know some people can do them. I'm, I suck at them. Like a nap for me, a good nap is two hours. Right. <laughs> Which is practically a full night's sleep. <laughs> um, yeah, power nap. I envy those who've truly mastered that. I, I mean, it takes at least a half an hour for me to even fall asleep. 15 yes. minutes, what are we talking about? That's just me, like the anxiety slowly melting away. There's no sleep. I need, no sleep. I need to wake up from a nap and just feel like I've been in a swamp for three hours. <laughs> I, 15 and minutes, that doesn't... If you do an hour 45 or two hours, you do wake up feeling like you've just been in a swamp for right. like several. But to your point, um, I actually read about power naps recently, and they said it doesn't actually matter if you sleep, per se. What? But there is tremendous benefit in just not being engaged in one or 19 other things in just trying to be still for 15, 20 minutes. So I'm not sure I believe them, but I'm willing to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it just needs a rebranding then. This is like a power lie down or a power... Uh, I, a power I don't know. pause. A power pause. <laughs> I'd be happy to take a power pause. I just don't need the. I, I don't want the stress of thinking I need to be asleep for fifteen minutes. And I think that's the notion they're trying to diffuse, so that you don't feel as though, oh God, 
now not only did I not do anything productive for 15 minutes, I didn't do what I set out to do. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> Which could be a double whammy depending on your personality type. <laughs> right. I feel like the, the greatest failing of human evolution is that sleep is not an on-off switch. I need to be able to just lie down and fall asleep. I'm 100% with you. I just, uh, I don't know. It's uh, Especially in the pandemic, my hours mean nothing. I'll wake up at 5 a.m. some days. Some days I'm waking up at 9 a.m. Who knows what time I'm going to bed? It makes no sense. <laughs> it's true. How, how was your pandemic, your lockdown? Uh, absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> I do actually <laughs> remember you saying that. Um, it was... Look, it was not as bad as it could have been and not as good as uh, what, what what am I saying not as good as it could have been that that means literally <laughs> it was it was a fine quiet I don't know 12 I mean we're still kind of in it but I'm vaccinated now and so I feel like I'm getting out of it but it was you know there were it was extremely boring and uh my boyfriend and I I mean pro it's probably a miracle we didn't kill each other and uh <laughs> Uh, I learned to cook breakfast tacos and meatballs, and uh, that's about it. How was yours? It was um, all of those things as well. And and I feel so. So De Detective Dan, who I co-host the true crime podcast. Right. With, um, small town dicks. Small let's town say dicks. it. It's so very good. Um, and we co-host with his identical twin brother as well, Detective Dave. Right. And uh, but Dan and I are engaged, so right. he's in Los Angeles now. And um, I was going to say, you know, with you and your boyfriend, do you feel as though since you didn't actually kill each other, now <laughs> you're like, okay, this is probably a good match for, because Dan and I are getting married. But it's number three for me; it's number one for him. Okay, sure, so, sure. You know, three. Third time's a charm, they say. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm that's what I'm hanging my hat on. <laughs> Dan, if you're listening. Yeah, so I figure, you know, we I'm very uh I'm not an argumentative person, you know, I'm I'm pretty I was going to say I'm pretty easygoing. That's probably not true. I'm I'm highly demanding. <laughs> I'm I'm like a, I had a friend once say um I'm high maintenance but I'm high performance. So <laughs> therefore, um, but I do feel as though it was a really good sign that we got on really nicely, really quite beautifully during this time. And, and I think I always say too, after this always, you know, <laughs> a few times I've said in the last, since as we now get out of this and I'm vaccinated as well and but there's a huge difference between being told you have to stay at home and choosing to stay at home. Right. And so I think that that if we happen to have an office for Paperclip, which is the production company I have with my business partner, and I would go there every day and I had to relearn how to work from home. There are many more distractions mm. like the cat mm. who's sitting in my lap right now. <laughs> um, and also just, I'm easily distracted. So now my desk faces a, a window and I can see out into the garden and I'm like, oh, the hummingbirds are here. That's great. <laughs> you know, I can easily find multiple ways not to get anything done. So there were a lot of things that I had to really take hold of and say, okay. And to your point as well, you know, who knows when we, we always joked 
what day is it or what time is it? Right. You had to really, if, you, if I'm only walking 55 feet to the kitchen, because that's the end of my workday instead of a 20 minute commute, uh-huh. you have to draw a hard and fast line. Absolutely. And say, okay, the day's, I'm a fucking over. It's done. I gotta, <laughs> otherwise it could just go on forever. Oh, it can just become your entire life. Yes. Just fully take over. Yes. Which is so insidious. Now, how long have you been engaged? Um, almost three years now. Oh, this is wonderful. Yeah, it's nice. I really, I, I really love it. And it's sweet. Dan is, so Dan, not only is it for his first marriage, he's also 11 years younger than me. Oh, beautiful. I feel like I'm coming up on 40 years in the business. Sure. In July. And, um, sometimes I can make you feel a little long in the tooth. Right, right. And Dan... Is he's so different from me? He has this this superpower, this remarkable ability to live in the moment, which I really struggle with. Mm-hmm. He is he never lies. He literally never lies. Like it's just not his nature. He might wait too long to tell you, and because he'll sort of bottle <laughs> things up, and then it might sort of like bleh, come out. But he will never tell you sort of half or quarter truths leading up to something, he just will tell you. You're like, ah, oh God, what <laughs> is that? Um, and I remember, I think I remember hearing you say in one of your interviews that you also grew up in a family where nobody talked about anything. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not even good things. Just, is this similar to your situation? Yes. So I grew up in this very waspy family and and I was saying to the shrink the other day at how I have this very complicated kind of fucked up relationship to happiness where happiness was not there was no real value put on happiness it wasn't that they wanted you to be unhappy it was just not something that you would strive for on the other hand you were expected to be um ambitious but not expect reward or praise. You were expected to set the bar high, touch it, but not expect reward or praise. You know, you were expected to always have yourself together, but never blow your own horn. You sort of lived in this weird liminal space of like, what? Where you, where you miss everything. You, I feel like I missed a lot of things. Oh yeah. I, I come from, I mean, I, I'm now dealing, I think, and the pandemic has compounded this where I'm just like, how do you enjoy anything? Like, even things I'm interested in, I'm like, I'm now just place judging every moment of it. I'm like, not even experiencing the thing in the moment where it's just like, is this good? Well, just do it. And then maybe later find, I mean, you can look back and say, oh, that was good. Yes, Rather than yes, just like yes. constantly reviewing every second of every day for myself. It's so that's really well said. That is so true. But yeah, I uh my boyfriend is comes from a very I mean is probably closer to Dan where it's like there's a straightforwardness. Like also his family, the way he communicates with his family, he'll be on the phone with his mom just arguing, 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 but they're both fine. At the end yeah. of the call they're saying I love you and they were just <laughs> expressing their opinions to each other, which is the most foreign thing I can possibly so think foreign. of. So foreign. Yeah. So on what 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 language is that? Is the question <laughs> I <want> to <laughs> It's like for the, being from another country or something. It's very, uh, I mean, I come from a place where someone, even if they express that they like something and I don't like it, I just won't even say anything. I, I'll just 
you know, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to step on a toe anywhere <laughs> at any point, which causes a, a probably a great more, deal more trouble than it's worth. But yes. I don't know, it's just. It reminds me of, I was listening to, uh, Oprah has the super soul Sundays. Right. Right. So I think they I haven't watched them. I haven't actually watched them, but she siphons <laughs> off that audio, I believe for the podcast version of that. Oh, right. Oh, smart. Yes. Yes. Talk about multitasking. She is <laughs> the most brilliant marketer. <laughs> and she was having a conversation with Martha Beck who is, you know, the world-renowned thought leader, sort of first life coach, I suppose. And Martha apparently did an experiment when she was 29 years old, where she said she was not going to lie at all, not even tell any social white lies. Right. And everybody was like, Martha, you're fucking out of your mind. What are you doing? Oh, my God. And she did it. And she said she lost a lot. But she gained so much more, right? People were, because people are offended when you don't tow the the socially acceptable line, I think. And some are anyway. Your, your boyfriend probably wouldn't be. He'd probably be like, no. yeah, dude, that's a good idea. Let's try it. And be like, oh, God, where's the net? <laughs> but I'm so intrigued by this idea. I think uh, it's so completely the opposite of the way I was taught to move through the world by my family right for me i'm just so uh untrained in it it's just like it, it's a difficulty of even modulating how you tell the truth it's like for me it's zero to, or 60 right. miles an hour you know it's like i'm either just not going to say anything or i'm going to say it in the harshest possible way and it will lead to some sort of difficulty sure it's pot i was thinking and while she didn't say so in this particular interview, because they really were promoting her, she has a new book out. Um, I thought, okay, well, if you did it, obviously kindness would, would sort of be the unspoken quality. I would hope that you would right. want to try to imbue the messages with your, I mean, to your point, not like, Hey, listen, that is a fucking ugly dress on you as opposed to, <laughs> oh, wow, I, 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 I don't know what you would say. I've never seen you in yellow or I really love you in blue, you know, something positive. And oh, that's an know. interesting. I think that's a really good strategy. Yeah. I mean, just uh, a nice uh, just weaving around the truth, basically. Right. Well, instead of hitting them on the head with a cudgel, just sort of right. tapping them on the shoulder and saying, you asked my opinion. I Instead of saying, you look like shit in yellow, <laughs> I would say maybe it's good. But, I, you know, blue, I just think is really your color. <laughs> <laughs> but then you would have lied. And you of said course. it's good if you really thought the yellow was dreadful. It's complicated. It's complicated, Bridger. I know. I think the solution is to just, uh, you know, lock yourself in your house, just shut <laughs> out society, just leave it all behind. And uh, I don't know. And then meanwhile, I'm being as harsh as possible on myself at all times. Yes. I, I mean, it makes there's I, I can't add any of it up. It makes no sense. The way I live my life is out of control. <laughs> I, I so get it. That separate set of rules for yourself that you have mm -hmm. for anyone else. That is, it's, it's that's, uh, rough. It's so not a way to live your life for any of the young ones who are listening. Don't right. Do that. <laughs> don't do it. 
<laughs> figure it out before it's too late. Yes. We're here to help. Me and preacher. <laughs> <laughs> what have you uh, done during the pandemic? How have you filled your time? Um, well, the, the podcast, Small Town Dicks, uh, we're just finishing up season eight. Oh, it's the, so wild. You've got eight seasons of that show. Well, we do it's about fantastic. two seasons a year, and our okay. seasons have usually 12 to 14 episodes per season. We're such a small team. Um, and also, all of the cases are told by the detectives who investigated the case that we're right, talking right. about. So, you know, to get law enforcement, most of these detectives are still working to get them to give you a day off to sit down with you, you know, it's incredibly gracious of them. And so time sort of corralling all of those bodies and minds together can, can, I was feeling a little bit like trying to schedule the queen of England. It's sometimes <laughs> not easy. Um, and then we take the audio and our podcast, we do edit it. So again, I feel as though, especially with true crime. And if you're, if you're telling these aren't cases that most people have heard. These are right. cases, you know, big time c crime that happens in small town USA. So you probably haven't heard it. So you probably want to follow it. It's not something like, oh, I know about Ed Gein or I know about, you know, Zodiac um, or Dahmer or Zodiac or whoever it is. So there's an unfamiliarity there. And so my job as when I edit on paper is to make sure that we cut out the fat to make sure that the story is told logically, but also that you don't necessarily find out who the killer is in the first two and a half minutes. Because <laughs> then, <laughs> oh, well, I mean, sometimes that's okay if there's a big payoff for the why at the end. Right. So anywho, the point is, is that it's quite time consuming, that part of it. And then Paperclip, which is the production development company, um, they, I work, I have a business partner named Ben Cornwell, who's fantastic. And then we have two guys who work with us as well, Jordan and Nick. Um, and Nick actually does my oil and water series with me. Oh, no way. Oh yeah. So Nick shoots them. It's just him and me in the kitchen. So oil and water for your listeners who don't know is this, I call it dumb entertainment for troubling times. <laughs> Um, it's That's a, what the, also what this podcast is called. It is. You know, I feel like that the dumb entertainment for troubling times is sometimes undervalued. <laughs> Absolutely. Because sometimes you just need a fucking break. You know what I mean? Yes. There are some uh, TV shows I'm watching right now. Where I'm like, I need three weeks between each episode. This is too intense and I am not emotionally ready for this. Which ones? Uh, Mayor of Easttown. Yes. Yes. Um, and then I started watching Underground Railroad, which is amazing. But they're both just heavy shows to heavy, watch. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Like, uh, in between, I need House Hunters. I need Chopped. I need uh, absolute nonsense that my fragile emotional state can handle. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and Black Monday. Oh, Black Monday. Yes, let's recommend Black Monday. Let's uh, do. I think it's a very fun show. Yeah. Look at Yardley out here. <laughs> Uh, giving a promotion to the show I write on. This is pure class. I think it's fantastic. I just, I, we just started watching it and it's so brilliant. It really is a great antidote to so many things, you know, real life. Really. <laughs> but it's just, it's witty. It's fun. It's smart. I just really bravo you. 
Well, bravo, David Casp and Jordan Cahan. They're the creators of the show. I show up and say stupid things, and they do what they, what they can with what I say, and all the other wonderful people there. But let's get back to oil and water. So oil and water is actually not unlike Chopped. So I, I sort of, it's really a game and in it, I cook and each episode is only about six to eight minutes long. So if you're, you just bogged down or you just need a little bathroom break, you can, you know, <laughs> take your iPhone to the bathroom and watch a little oil and water. And, um, and the premise is that I choose, I have a bowl of sweet ingredients that are random and blind, a bowl <laughs> of savory ingredients, random blind, and a bowl of things like it's a cake, it's a pie, it's a pan dowdy. And I have to <laughs> choose one sweet ingredient, one savory ingredient, and then I have to make it into the thing. Right. And have you made anything that you've enjoyed? Yes, actually. So we just dropped an episode that was uh, a cupcake cherry tomato parfait. What? Yes. Bridger, listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. So I did it with a strawberry, strawberry cupcake, strawberry okay. cake, strawberry icing, and a vanilla, vanilla cupcake. And then because I wasn't going to make the fucking cupcake, like we have six minutes to put the whole stupid thing together. Not that we shoot it in six minutes, but you take my point. And right. um, so I bought the cupcakes. I say in the episode, God made the tomatoes. So I didn't have to do that. That was good. And then I decided to bring them together. I would make a lemon uh, custard. Oh. So I made the lemon custard from scratch because lemon goes well with strawberry and vanilla and also tomatoes. Right. And my Hail Mary, which I always get a Hail Mary spice (laughs) or ingredients or something to try to bridge the gap between these disparate ingredients, the sweet and savory. And I used fresh basil. And then I made, I layered it like a trifle, right? I cut the cupcake up, put it in a, a wine goblet, put lemon custard on top, sprinkled some sliced cherry tomatoes on top, then some basil, <laughs> and then, and fuck me, it was so good. It was <laughs> so, so good. Now, would you consider it a dessert or like a meal? See, I would consider it dessert. And then at the end, I was doing ratings or like on a scale of one to garden party. Would you serve this at your garden party? And the answer was yes. Oh, yes, you would. (laughs) And when people said, yeah, I'm not sure I want tomatoes in my dessert. I'd be like, yes, you do. Trust me. I am your hostess. I expect you to trust me and try it. I feel like that's something I would be happy to try. (laughs) It was actually the thing. The beauty of the tomatoes was they were because they're cherry tomatoes, so they have a pleasing sort of um, juicy, but also crisp because the skins are you know right. crisp. They had a pleasing antidote to the very sweet frosting and the sweet lemon. And then the basil was familiar to the tomato as well as to the lemon. And I feel like I've had basil with strawberries. Yes, exactly. Of course you have. You know, they'll often do basil and mint together. Right. Throw that right. over strawberries um, or peaches even. So that one was fantastic. Others that have been terrible. I actually did a, a fun uh, episode where I had Detective Dan as my guest chef. And because <laughs> on our podcast, we don't tell you where the crimes take place and we change all the names and detective dan and dave we don't reveal their last names dan wore a, a mask that said i look like dave because <laughs> dave is this identical <laughs> twin and dan got to pick the ingredients it was the easter episode okay and we had predetermined that the thing 
was no the Dan got to pick the ingredients and the the thing was random and it was a, a casserole and oh Dan chose I I'm not sure I can marry him for this he chose <laughs> marshmallow peeps okay. those little candy birds <laughs> of course and um like meat sticks the sort of the oh, slim no. jim beef jerky you're kidding said, those are not good on their own food? oh my fucking god <laughs> oh bridger oh so the casserole <laughs> in order to bind them together i thought all right at thanksgiving you do a sweet potato casserole with marshmallow topping right of course very so, familiar because the peeps are marshmallow at least marshmallow adjacent right and the meat sticks are just what they are smoked. I was like, oh, so I mashed, I roasted sweet potatoes. We mashed them up. We put the meat sticks at the bottom, then the mashed potatoes and the peeps on top and then baked them. And oh my God, the peeps, they melted, first of all. Right. But they turned hard as a rock. Like, oh, that's it. not normal. Not normal. That is not normal Packed for a marshmallow. It with spoon, and it was like a tile. It was like a bathroom tile. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, this is terrible. going to be a big decorating trend. It was, it was brutal. <laughs> and the one peeps have a little eye, which I think right. is made out of, you know, food coloring because it doesn't have any dimension. And so you had this mess of, of, melted pink peeps and just this one eye <laughs> <laughs> this sounds horrifying it was so disgusting i couldn't stop laughing and we actually tried to set it on fire <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised it didn't start on fire on its own all of the ingredients there are very dangerous and very. combined oh good grief yeah there's a lot of swearing which gets bleeped out but <laughs> People enjoy it quite a bit. So I highly recommend it. It's it's good, dumb entertainment for troubling times. This is what the listener needs. This is what the listener begs for. So listener, you've got a new recommendation. Seek that out. Now, Yardley, look, I um, <laughs> speaking of surprises and being upset with people, this kind of thing, um, you know, I invited you on this podcast a few weeks ago, and you said you would, and I was just thrilled, so excited. Yardley's going to be on the podcast. We'll have a nice time and we'll move on with our days. That's, <laughs> you know, what I've been looking forward to. Um, then last night, uh, I had been out and I got home and Jim said, uh, there's a box on the counter. And I thought, oh God, what's happened? Uh you know, I haven't ordered anything. I don't know what's going on. Um, I left my boyfriend alone at home and something could have happened. I felt a great deal of responsibility for this mysterious package coming in. And uh, I, I inspected it and it was difficult to tell what it was, who it had come from. Um, but then I figured it out. I, It's from you. Yes. Now... The podcast is called, I said, No Gifts, and oh. what what we try to do here is create a respectful space for both the guest and more so the host, uh, where both people feel safe and respected, <laughs> and um, so it's a little difficult for me. I mean, I mean, I am making an assumption here. I'm assuming this is a gift for me. Am I correct? It is. You are. I thought the show was called, I said, Ho Gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is my, you know, that's my dark web show. Uh, that's hosted exclusively on the dark web. Um, but, uh, this is, I said, no gifts. And 
I'm just going to put all that aside. I'm going to ask you point blank here. Do you want me to open this here on the show? I sure do. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, it's in a giant brown box um, shipped from FedEx, and I've learned a lesson on a recent episode to bring a scissor to the office uh, (laughs) rather than chew through the tape or what have you. So I'm going to open this up. I would say it's maybe like a, a foot by a foot in size, it's hard to say, especially when you have spatial reasoning skills as poor as mine. Same. Okay. We're cutting through. Oh, I think. I'm... Okay. Oh, okay. We've got a lot of packing peanuts. Oh, peanuts. The Wait. worst. <laughs> There's an envelope here that says Miss Yardley Smith on it. <laughs> Yes, but you have to open the gift before you open the envelope. Okay, open. Okay, I'm gonna open. Okay, so I'm gonna open. Get into the. Let's get some of the packing peanuts here. I don't know if the listener will be able to hear that. That's something for me to clean up later. I'm dropping I them want all those over. To be like cheese doodles. Oh, wouldn't that be nice to just be able to eat? Yes. I mean, that feels environmentally friendly. If you don't want them, you can throw them to the birds. Absolutely. That's something that uh, the manufacturing industry needs to get on as soon as we have a lot of titans of industry manufacturing especially listening to this podcast take responsibility create an edible packing peanut yes please okay but no absurd flavors like meat sticks nothing like that (laughs) don't smoke them (laughs) okay (laughs) okay i'm pulling something out here and it's like a little box with some sort of feather poking out of it what's happening here this is a handle the the feather is a handle what is this well it's like a little box that's a purse but there's something inside oh i need to open this yes oh (laughs) okay so for the listener there's like a yeah it's like a cute little uh box purse with With a a red feather boa handle right like a boa for a cat or a (laughs) mouse or something Or or your your little dog. Uh, my dog. This is. Uh, this could go as like a uh, bracelet for my dog. She could wear it around the house. That might be something I'll look into later this afternoon. Okay, so this is. Uh, it's wrapped up still. We we don't know what's happening yet. Okay. Oh, some crinkling. We're getting every sound of that possible. You know that those unboxing videos are very popular. You're sort of. I need doing to get into that space. Of. How do I get into the unboxing? Oh. Okay, so now there's a little like uh, like an almost jewelry box or something like a with a ring velour. box, right? I'm I'm about to become engaged <laughs> to Yardley. <laughs> Let's see here. 
Oh, this is incredible. Yes. Is this a pin? Yes. It's a pin of Lisa Simpson. Oh my God, this is beautiful. Tell me more. Tell me. Let's. Yes. I mean, obviously, what if? What if at this point, I? What if this is when I learned you were Lisa Simpson? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're like, Bradley, that's so great. You're a fan of The Simpsons too. You're like, yeah, funny, funny how that is. So convenient. <laughs> that would be <laughs> probably the end of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, be so good, Bridget. This is beautiful, but tell me more. It's a pin of Lisa Simpson wearing a cape, uh, flying like Supergirl. And I, so I first saw this pin uh, in, I think it was about 1991. And the Simpsons spun off into half hour in 1990, January 1990. Actually, the very first half hour episode was Christmas 89, but then... The, the remaining mid-season replacement was January 1990 till the spring. And we hit so big, so, so big, right out of the gate. Um, even though everybody had said, oh, my God, you can't put a cartoon on in primetime. It hasn't been done since the Flintstones. Right. Fox is high. Who fucking cares? The network <laughs> won't be around any longer anyway. And The Simpsons are going to last 12 more episodes, and that'll be it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... The following year, they really started to roll out the merchandise. T-shirts everywhere, every, every, everything. Simpsons was on everything, but not a lot of Lisa merchandise. A lot of Bart. Right. And then a lot of Homer, but very, very little of the female characters. So mm-hmm. I was in a little shop, and I I don't know why, because I don't collect comics or anything, but I was I feel like I was in a little souvenir shop in Hollywood. And I... You know how they have, you know, the license plates with your name on it? Well, never your well, name. Well, not my name, my not name. either of our names. No, no. <laughs> um, What's the closest you've had, name-wise? Uh, I get a Bridget. Oh, a Bridget. Well, sometimes people think my name is Ashley, so I guess that oh, would be no. the closest. Not but at all. I, not enough on. to buy it. Like, <laughs> no, no I'm way. not Ashley, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I saw these pin, I saw this pin and I was like, oh my God. And there was about 15 of them. So I bought them all. Oh, and then I went back to the studio store at 20th century Fox, where we record the Simpsons. And I said, do you have this pin? And they had another, I don't know, five or so. And I was like, okay. And then I went to the production. I said, where can I get more of these? I need them all. And they were like, oh no, that's it. We just, yeah, no more. And I was like, Oh, oh no, this can't be. So on the down low, I actually did my own run of the pin. <laughs> what? You're a <laughs> Simpsons bootlegger? Yes, which is highly illegal. Of course, I never sold them, but I, and they were made in Germany. Um, and they're, they're a perfect replica and I love them. And I have a, I still have probably... I think they did a run of a thousand because, of course, they were like, well, lady, you got to, you know, we, <laughs> right. we manufacture a lot make of it things, worth it. <laughs> right? You can't just have 10. <laughs> so, um, and so now I still have a, a probably a nice handful left, but they're oh very, very God. special. You can't get them anywhere. And I You're just the- love them. You've that. put a target on my back. I have like this <laughs> extremely limited edition Simpsons merchandise. My home is going to be broken into. <laughs> this is the next episode of Small Town Dicks. Yes, oh, preacher. This is all feeding into your podcast. We'll this is you disgusting. Well. We promise to sing your praises on the podcast when you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> At least say my hair looks nice. You do have great hair. <laughs> oh, God bless. 
Well, I want to talk to you about The Simpsons. I, uh, I mean, uh, I think but first you have to read the card. Oh, okay, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, let me. Look so into this. first, I just want no, I just want to tell you that Lauren Lapkus gave you thank you notes. Yes, of course. So I feel like I've gone. I've taken it one step further. Oh, fantastic. Let me see. Okay, I'm going to read this. This is, wait, this is Dear Yardley. I've written a thank you note for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dear Yardley, thank you for the charming flying Lisa pin. Even though you disobeyed me, the show is called I Said No Gifts. I do like that the pin is contraband and that people can't just saunter down to the 7-Eleven on York and get one. Oh, wow. I, <laughs> I was also pleasantly surprised by our chat. Um, uh, let's see. I guess I should know better than to believe everything I read on Wikipedia. Your Wikipedia, by the way, just <laughs> devastating. Just this, this woman is a monster. That's the first line of her Wikipedia. <laughs> Don't look um, her in the eye. <laughs> uh, you're really very charming and funny and much prettier on Zoom than you are on TV. I don't even mean that uh, the way it sounds. I'm being honest with you, which is much nicer. Finally, if you even have anything new to promote, and I don't mean season 79 of The Simpsons, I'd love to have you on the podcast again. Next time in person, when I'll probably find out you're not as tall as you look on TV either. JK, warm regards, Bridger Weiniger. <laughs> I need every guest to do this. I just, I would love to have a script sent to me from the beginning of the episode. I just read it aloud and then we turn off the recording and I move on with my life. This is lovely. This is, I mean, I mean, we have some very, like we have details here about my local 7-Eleven. I mean, everything about this is truly perfect. I, I really appreciate this. I, you know, sometimes you're at a loss for words about the gift and you need the guests to just say, this is how you should feel. I'm just saying, I figure you get so many gifts because so many people disobey you. I just wanted to take one more task off your hands. Now all you have to do is send it. And actually, the envelope says via messenger COD, so you don't even have to pay for the messenger. <laughs> this will be arriving in your mailbox. and It'll be sealed with a kiss, as all of my envelopes are. And uh, I'm just thrilled that you've just taken a lot of work. Look, I'm a very busy man. I don't need another another chore in my life. That's what and I'm so saying. That's <laughs> I feel that about you. <laughs> Especially now that I'm, uh, you know, going to be hunted down by some Simpsons fanatic. There's one out there. I know they're coming for me. These uh, there are, you know, the, if any show has a fan that's going to that's been following it and looking for the merchandise this long, it's the Simpsons. It's that, you know, you could wear it on the underside of your lapel and then it just sort of be your own little secret or inside oh, I your like a little secret. I like a little secret. This is so beautiful. My God, I'm just thrilled about this. Isn't it great? I just love it. I mean, it's just such a great symbol of her resilience and um joy and grace and empathy and all the best things that we want to be as human beings right and that lisa i mean in the simpsons i think lisa and marge are the two characters you look to to make the right choice and who are also but aren't just kind of dour you know like uh killjoys they're super fun i mean t god bless bart and homer I'm in the show for Lisa. I'm in the show for Marge. It, it, I don't care what anybody else has to say. I hear uh, you. But that's a really interesting thing you bring up that, like, initially that 
I mean, and it's probably true now even that BART merchandise yes. is probably still the main thing. Uh, I mean, as a woman on the show, has that been an ongoing experience for you? I mean, like. Oh, yes. And, I, you know, I, I feel like I actually don't quite understand it because I feel as though at this point now we're, we've, we've just started recording season 33. 4,000. Yes, which is insane. We have over <laughs> 700 episodes. Wow. Um, it really is. Uh, I mean, obviously, well, I don't think we'll ever see anything like this again in scripted no. prime time, you know? Um, so it, it is, it's, there are so many people that identify with Lisa Simpson who, who, uh, when, at least when they meet me, when they find out I do Lisa Simpson, or if they recognize me and they say, oh my God, you got me through a really hard time, or my daughter plays saxophone because of you, or, oh. um, you know, I love Lisa's sense of humor or any number of things that they wouldn't recognize that there is a legitimate fan base for that little girl who wears the red strapless dress to school. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's bizarre to me that they haven't, um, but they just don't. They don't really load into Lisa Merch, which is sad because she's so cute. She's yeah, so she's great. adorable. She's and she's so appealing. Smart, and she, I know. <laughs> and I really feel about her as though she is a living, breathing, sentient being like you and I. She's so real to me. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, she's been alive for. How many years? 30 years. Yeah. Well, and on this, if you count the Tracy Ullman show, two seasons right. there as well. So I think I've been doing Lisa Simpson since 1987. Were you even wow. born then? Uh, I was. I'm uh, 85 years old. So. Uh, I'm 93. <laughs> uh, um, I was, I, but I wasn't allowed to. I mean, I was pretty young when the show started and my fam I mean, I grew up Mormon and uh, like my family was one of these families was like, we're not watching The Simpsons, which is sure. still I look back and like The Simpsons is such a mild show. I mean, I think people were just so shocked that a cartoon would say anything that wasn't just for kids. Right. And well, and it and because it was never written for kids. So right. But the cartoon aspect of it, of course, made everybody assume right out of the gate that it was for children. But what's interesting is because I remember also when George H.W. Bush said we need more families like the Walt Waltons and less like the oh. Simpsons. And the thing that he missed about our show was, despite the dysfunction, despite the things that go wrong, despite the, the way that they actually express themselves often in ways that you and I never learn to do and aren't comfortable doing, they really deeply love each other. Yes. There is, there is great... Um, love and devotion there and so there's no malice i guess it's it's you know even as they as bart acts out it's not out of malice it is out of uh, you know he's a 10 year old boy just being who he is yeah yeah and so they learn to figure it out together yeah but i mean you listen to my uh detective dad is actually a uh it's so funny he's a huge hip-hop fan like oh, original fantastic. OG like old hip -hop. school sure yeah and like he knows all the lyrics to everything. And I would say the only place, the only two places that the age difference between us shows up, which is 11 years, is work and music. Right. Oh, a decade of music, of course, can be completely different. So much can change. And he, he still loves um, hip hop, but you listen to that then. And then you listen to some of the, you know, music now, 
in, in any genre that has lyrics and you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> it makes me feel like a pretty old lady. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what sort of music do you listen? What's your like main go-to with music? Well, I, I actually, we didn't grow up listening to music, although my parents really loved classical music. Sure. So on the rare occasion that we would have music on in the house, it would be, um, a lot of Bach, a lot of Mozart. My father liked opera, but I, when I'm in the gym, my secret sauce is uh, '80s hair metal. Oh, that's great workout music. I love Absolutely. it so much. I mean, it, it, that music is nothing if not for that I for know. working out. I would never want to go to a concert. I just, it's too. <laughs> it's like too much sensory sensation, I think, for me. But. I love it in the gym. I just love it. Sometimes I like it when I drive, although now um, driving, I listen to podcasts all the time. So, oh, right, right. Yeah, I my like podcast stories. listening uh, has, has uh, <laughs> with my, I mean, I haven't driven that much in the pandemic. So, my podcast listening, but my, my afternoon walks have gone through the roof. And that's when I'll listen to a podcast. Yes, exactly. So, which is I good because you want to keep up with your favorite podcasts, which makes you go on a walk because you're right. not going anywhere else. So I feel like it's win-win for us, Bridger. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, going back to Lisa Simpson for a minute, like those first two years or so on the Tracy Ullman show, do you feel like you changed as the way you portrayed Lisa at all? Or did has it felt pretty consistent the entire run? Well, it was well, the first two years of Lisa Simpson when we were on the Tracy Ullman show, I really was just a sort of bratty foil for Bart. And we told a whole story in a minute. I think there were about, or maybe it might've been a minute and a half, but the point is every, before every commercial break, there would be a little 30 seconds, 20 seconds of the Simpsons. Right. And so the stories were very, very simple. And it mostly was Bart and Homer because Bart was an anagram for brat and the, and the brat was Matt. Matt Graham. Uh, right, right, right. Right, because he named all the other characters after his family members. He has a sister, Maggie, a sister, Lisa. Oh, I've how met, am I not aware of amazing. this? amazing. She's a teacher. She's so lovely. His oh. mother's name was Margaret, and his father's name was Homer. And oh, his grandfather's name was Abe. So Abe oh, is the grandpa. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to get good character names. Just, yeah. yeah, although now, of course, the show being so successful, you're like, does your family feel like you ruined their lives? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no Maggie can just be a normal Maggie at this point. No Marge can be a Marge. <laughs> so it wasn't until we spun off to Half Hour that uh, James L. Brooks, who's our executive producer, decided that Lisa Simpson should be a prodigy. He wanted her to be a saxophone prodigy. He wanted her to be also a prodigy in school, like super smart, so that she was the black sheep. She was the outlier. And, right. um, and she possessed a, an emotional intelligence that I have heard all of our writers are particularly attached to because oh, they're great. all like you. They were all, you know, the smartest people in the room when they were growing up. They excelled at. I mean, one of our showrunners was a physics major at Harvard when he was 17, 16 or something. Wait, I mean, who is that? Al Jean. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Super ridiculously fucking smart. Mm -hmm. And so, and I feel like anytime as a young person, you excel at anything, whether it's math or sports, or in my case, I did a lot of school plays and I got a lot of attention for it. It sets you apart from your peer group. 
Right. Which is incredibly difficult when you live in this dichotomy of wanting to stand out and wanting to blend in. You want to be able to, you sort of, it's sort of like fame. You want to be able to have your choice. Like I only want to stand out here on this (laughs) day at this time. On my terms. Right. But I also want all of the other things. Right. (laughs) So that was how Lisa evolved. There were a few benchmarks that had now been laid when we went to half hour and I think that those things have remained really firmly in place and sort of if I liken it to when the Simpsons started, it was drawn and painted by hand. Right. And then they literally stopped making the material, which is the cell for cellophane. Oh, that we right. would, that all animation was painted on. They literally stopped making it. So we were one of the last shows to go to computer animation. One of the benefits where you lost some things, one of the benefits you get with computer animation is you get, they literally call it, I think, a billion colors. Oh, wow. Lisa Simpson, if she started out with a million colors with those benchmarks in place, now as she's grown, she sort of has a billion colors. Wow, that's incredible. Now, as of like, you've obviously, you're extremely well known as Lisa Simpson, but like, uh, do you feel like when you call uh, for a pizza or whatever, people are like, do you get bothered? I do. Sometimes I get recognized back in the day before you could do everything online and never actually have to have any human contact. At all. Right. I like that I reference call uh, for a pizza like it's 1997. Right. <laughs> well, I was going to say, when I used to call to make a, an airplane reservation, I mean, same thing, right? And I would be on the phone and they would say, because that would take a while if you rec- if you remember, I mean, making a plane reservation could take fucking forever. Oh, and so hell. they would say, as, as they're typing away, waiting for something to come up on the computer on their end, they would say, I just have to ask you something. You sound so familiar. You sound <laughs> like that girl. And sometimes they would name a movie. Like I've, I've done a bunch of movies that are cult favorites now, like right. Maximum Overdrive and Legend of Billie Jean and stuff like that. But sometimes they would say, you sound like that girl on The Simpsons. Are you Bart Simpson? I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, I'm Lisa Simpson. <laughs> But yes, I have such a, if this is me and this is Lisa Simpson, as you can see, we're not that wow. far apart. Wow, that's a pretty impressive uh, impression. You know, it's funny, Bridger. I was over at a friend's um, last Sunday and she has a six-year-old and a six-year-old had a friend over and the friend had been told that I do the voice of Lisa Simpson. So the six-year-old, who's actually my business partner's daughter, says, Yardley, will you do the voice? And so I'm like, I think the girl's name was Cora, the other girl. I said, hi, Cora, it's Lisa Simpson. And she sizes me up and she goes, that's pretty good. And I was like, <laughs> oh, thanks. Fuck me. <laughs> you might, also be, might almost be able to do it. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, maybe you could get, get better between now and the next recording so they don't fire you. <laughs> good luck, ass. lady. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, I will also say... Uh, one of my favorite uh, roles you've had, it was a smaller thing, but on Mad Men, uh, it was one of my, maybe my favorite guest star of, of that entire series seeing you. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, she's so, I uh, I don't know. Anytime I see you outside of The Simpsons, I'm delighted. Thank you. That's very Thank fun. You. 
Well, this is very exciting. I'm excited to have this little pin and, you know, I've got to keep it safe somehow. But Thanks for forgiving me. I've now put your life in danger and pissed you off because I disobeyed you. Not <laughs> Just much a, of a tornado guess, of emotions. <laughs> um, I think we should play a game. Okay. Do you want to play a game? Yes. Okay, I'm going to give you a choice. There's a game called Gift Master. There's a game called Gift or a Curse. I'll tell you how they work when, once you pick. Okay. Um... I'm going to go with Gift Master. Okay, I need a number between 1 and 10. Uh, 7. Okay, 7 is the number. I have to do some calculating. While I'm doing this, you can promote something. You can recommend something. You can do whatever you want. I will be right back. Oh, okay. Yardley, you have the mic, and you are in control. <laughs> All right. I, okay. All right. Well, um, I've actually been thinking a lot about cognitive redirection. So bear with me for a second. So there's listeners, lovely listeners of Bridger's brilliant show. There is a thing where uh, almost every woman I know, including myself, when we, in the before times, certainly, and probably in the, when we get back to those times, some version of that sort of normal again, when we gather and your friends say, hi, how are you? And you slide into the chair at the restaurant and you say, Ugh, I feel so fat today. I, I like, if I had a dime for every time I've said that or any number of my friends have said that, we'd all be billionaires. So what if instead of sliding into that chair and saying, I feel so fat today, you slide into the chair and say, I feel so beautiful today. And I've been thinking about this and the amount of the number of just first of all, the horror that because of the way I was brought up, that I would actually say something that braggadocious, that affirming, that joyful, that all of the things that were just none of those, none of that kind of affirmation or joy were valued in my upbringing. And again, it's not that they wanted us to be miserable at all. It just was like the pursuit of happiness was secondary to the to your measure of productivity and that your value was how much you had accomplished in any given day over the course of a lifetime what your particular job was and so um now when i hear myself in my head say oh i feel so fat today i trying to counter that literally with another voice in my head saying i feel so beautiful today and it's very hard yardley I'm so mad that I was doing my job while you were saying that because I feel like you were saying something important that I could take into my own life. And meanwhile, I'm calculating game pieces. But fortunately, I'll be able to go back and uh, during editing and hopefully learn something for myself. The listener just gets gets all of this for free. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's very gracious of you. Very gracious. I'm of doing you. a lot. This is basically community service at this point, and it makes me sick. Okay. <laughs> Yarly, this is how the game works. Okay. I'm going to name three potential gifts, things you can give away. And then I'm going to name three famous people, celebrities, this kind of thing. You're going to tell me which gift you're going to give which person. All Does right. that make sense? Yes. And then is are there consequences if I get it wrong? And is there a wrong? No, there's no wrong in this game. The other game, there are, you know, there are wrong answers and people have been you know, career, careers have been ruined. Let's ruined. just say that. I know. I actually remember that because I do listen to your podcast and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't think I want gift or curse. <laughs> this game is that. purely 
you know, the safest possible, enjoyable time for everyone. Okay, these are the gifts you're going to be giving away. Number one is a motorhome. Number two, you will be giving away 70 pounds of birdseed. And number three, the third gift is a circular saw. So, you know, a big, you know, one of those saws that's kind of a rotating blade. Right. (laughs) Yes. Um, And you're going to be giving them to the following people. The following people are Martin Shkreli. Is that how you pronounce that guy's name? The pharma exec that's just kind of horrible. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yes. You know, I've never uh, taken the time to learn how to pronounce his last name. No need. Why bother? Why bother? Uh, Number two, Reba McIntyre. Country Mm, uh, great Reba McIntyre. And number three is Tom Hardy. You know, (gasps) who I'll just say is a heartthrob. I love Tom Hardy. If you don't love Tom Hardy, I don't know what to tell you. 100%. Oh, my God, that guy. Okay. So I have I have 70 pounds of birdseed. I have a circular saw. And what's the other? A motorhome. Oh, a motorhome. Like RV sort of okay. situation. Wait, in Winnebago, are those all yeah. the same thing? I don't know, because it's sort of my worst nightmare. But um, except- <laughs> I'd love to see you driving a motorhome. <laughs> Wouldn't you? <laughs> I actually um, had a very, had an exotic car. If I had known it was literally classified as an exotic car. I never would have gotten it because I just don't need that. I just like don't give a shit. But the men in my life were like, oh my God, Yardley, this car, so fantastic. It was an Aston Martin. And I thought, I was like, oh, okay. All right. Here's the problem. Several problems. One, I was actually too short to comfortably see over the dashboard and the steering wheel. Because the seat was so bucketed. And I am we. And I was like, oh, no. So I toyed with, you know, a phone book and sort of sweaters (laughs) under my bum and all sorts of things. Never really worked out a comfortable solution. The second thing was, which was really a non-starter and which I didn't figure out because I just don't care about cars. And so I didn't do my due diligence, I guess, was it had no trunk latch. Oh, no. What? So how am I when I go to the supermarket and my arms are full of groceries? Am I fucking getting get the trunk open if there's no (laughs) trunk latch? You had to open the driver's side door and push a button on the little, you know, armrest. That's where the trunk latch was. This car is exclusively for putting a body in the trunk. This is not for, you know, day-to-day tooling around town. I mean, it was so obviously, which I found out too late, a car, if you have another car, it was like, oh, I'm so fancy, I have a weekend car. And I'm just not that girl, so I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) So I had to give it up. Anywho, um, okay, Winnebago, well, Reba McIntyre doesn't need a motorhome because I'm sure she has a fleet and they're all tricked out, right? So yeah, totally. Um, I really want to give the birdseed to Martin uh, Fuckface because... (laughs) First of all, I think he'd be super mad to get 70 pounds of birdseed. <laughs> and then, but first I would clear out all of his cupboards. So all he had left was 70 pounds right. of birdseed. And then I would poke a little hole in the bag, several little holes, so that when he brought it in or tried to move it out of his apartment or house, wherever he is. He's in prison. Oh, well, then he could leave a little trail. <laughs> I think he's in seat. prison. I think he is, too. 
But if he's in, you know, wherever he is, I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to draw that kind of attention to himself. No way. Prisoners would not appreciate a trail or a pile of birdseed. <laughs> Martin gets the birdseed. Um, I think that, uh, I mean, the obvious answer is to give Tom Hardy the circular saw. But, you know, I feel as though he's probably used that in a in a movie as a right. as one of his bad guys. So he doesn't want that. He wants to see things. He wants to, <laughs> you know, drive around whatever continent he's on. We could ship the Winnebago slash motorhome <laughs> to him wherever. Of course, UPS can handle that. Wherever the dream is, you know, unless it's like an atoll in the Maldives. <laughs> and then you'd sort of, well, dude, you're not going to probably get very far. You might just. <laughs> the only RV in the Maldives. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just be careful of high tide. I don't think it floats. <laughs> it's not amphibious. Um, so I'm going to give Tom Hardy the the motorhome because I think he would absolutely love it. And I bet he would decorate it inside with some fantastic sort of um, either a, a museum of really eclectic kitsch that he had collected around <laughs> his travels or some specific period of time that he's a big fan of that he always wanted to live in. And so right. now he just takes it with him wherever he goes. I really love <laughs> his that. His traveling museum. Yes. So he gets that and Reba's going to get the circular saw. And I actually would not be at all surprised if Reba was pretty handy around the house. Now, whether or not, sense. right, whether or yeah. not she really enjoys the DIY, but I bet she does. She just seems like a hands on, let's fucking get her done kind of right. woman. You know, and she's not going to wait around for some dude to show up with his circular saw and fix whatever. She's going to be like, I got it. It's all good. <laughs> I am busy. So <laughs> Reba gets the circular saw. <laughs> that makes per. I mean, that was I mean, the way those pieces fell together was perfect. I mean, you start with the birdseed Martin Shkreli opening that in the middle of prison and just being humiliated. <laughs> and then things just fall into place. It was so perfect. I Thank really you. appreciate that gift giving skill there. <laughs> I'm actually a pretty good gift giver, although I don't I only give gifts if I feel like it really is perfect for you. I I do not we like I don't exchange gifts on my birthday or Christmas unless I find something, but if I find it in October, I might just give it to you in October and not wait oh, for Christmas. Oh, that's, that's a really interesting philosophy on gifts. Why not? But I don't need any more stuff. So I really have finally, it's taken decades. I mean, I'm 56. It has taken decades to teach everyone that I've, it's not false modesty, a sort of, oh, look, gifts. Oh, yes, come hither with the gifts. I know. Honestly. Well, oh, I feel like you're you're trying to say something right now. <laughs> Yardley, no, no. Uh, message <laughs> received. <laughs> Loud oh, and dear. clear. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I totally get what you're uh, I mean, uh, I'm similar where I'm like, unless I, I don't like people. I mean, there's just no once you're an adult. No need. Getting gifts is almost always pointless. And I'm very, very difficult to buy for. And I, I appreciate that. Like, honestly, if I truly want something like I really love clothes and I have a, a few pieces of nice jewelry, 
I probably would get it for myself. So honestly, right. I don't want you to stress over it. I, and I don't need that to be the symbol of, oh, now I know you love me. I'll know. Trust me. <laughs> Hopefully there guess. are some other signs that you right? love me outside Hopefully. of buying me things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, can you remember any recent great gifts you've given or received? Um, oh, my assistant, uh, Erin, who I've had for, I think we've, I've had her for about 15 years now. She's the only assistant I've ever had. And she's fantastic. I really love her. And she, um, invited me last summer to go play pickleball with her. Oh, I'd never played pickle. I didn't even know what the fuck pickleball was. Is that the one with the paddles? Yes, it's basically life-size ping pong is what it feels like. <laughs> so it's a shortened tennis court looking sort of court. Right. And then you play with a wiffle ball and paddle. So anyway, I loved it so much. So for my birthday last year, she got me pickleball paddles and two, oh, that's two balls, great. which was so fun and so great. Of course, I haven't used them yet, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, the sort of thing you would have never considered buying ever, for yourself. Ever. So Just I not really even cross your that. mind. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think, have I given a, a gift that's good? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just gave me this beautiful pin. I did. I did. I have a... I don't have a, a lot of Simpsons merch. I do have one room in my house that's covered floor to season, ceiling in uh, Simpsons cells. Oh, no way. Which are beautiful. Oh, I bet that's beautiful. And amazing. And um, I still have have quite a collection, actually, which of course we have to buy, but that's all right. Um, you know. <laughs> don't get an employee <laughs> discount. Do get an employee discount, but... People think like, oh, my God, that's so great. They just gave you those. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> make you um, work for it. And so they're quite hard to come by now because there aren't that many left because we stopped obviously having physical cells. I think it was season 14 or something. And now we're on season 33. So um, I gave a. Uh, my business partner, a Simpson cell for Christmas. Oh, that's beautiful. Framed, which was very, which was cool. He was happy about that. What was the, uh, what was on the cell? It was from uh, one of my favorite episodes called Lisa on Ice. Oh, sure. Which is uh, such a great episode where Lisa, we find out she's actually a really good hockey goalie. And she's on opposite teams with from Bart. And uh, I love that show. It was written by one of our showrunners at the time named mike scully who's a huge hockey fan oh, of and course i love every i love the sibling rivalry between bart and lisa and i love it when they take really when they take any character out of their comfort zone so when they make lisa simpson either really bad at something that she's used to because she's used to being good at everything right right or make her really good at something where she's never good at that thing such as sports and so they do that really beautifully. This actually reminds me, I have one more question about Lisa Simpson. Have you ever tried playing the saxophone yourself? No, actually. Never? Never. No temptation? I actually don't like the saxophone very much. Which <laughs> 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 is so perfect. This is going it? to get the show canceled. This I is know. the thing that cancels the Simpsons. Oh, God. Built on a again. lie. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes. I did oh, take um, 
I took piano lessons when I was really, really young. And then I started again when I was like 30. And I played for about four years and I actually got pretty good. But here's the thing. And here's so here's why back to the we have a separate set of rules for ourselves that we have for everyone else. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons I took piano was that I wanted to be able to go wherever, sit down at any piano and just play. Nordstrom. Play from. Yes. (laughs) I wanted to go to Nordstrom and play the piano. I know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about. And um what I found out after the fact was that there are usually two kinds of musicians. There are the ones that read music and then the ones that learn it by rote. And right. I wanted to be the one that learned the, learned it by rote. And I was the kind of person who read music. So I, if I didn't have my music with me, yeah, there's no fucking, I was, there was no chance I was going to sit down <laughs> in Nordstrom and play for the people. <laughs> that was not happening. And I was so discouraged by that. And I, th- and now in retrospect, I'm like, you are, what is wrong with you, Yardley? Like, what is that set of standards that because it didn't turn out exactly the way you had planned, <laughs> you were unable to find pure joy in it? And that's actually been a theme of my whole life where I had such a specific idea of what my success would look like from the time I was about five. And then it is even as successful as I've been, it, it didn't look anything like like it does, like the life that I live. And for many years, I felt like, well, I guess it doesn't really count. I mean, it's really, it's a great loss, I think. And now, of course, I've been able to re sort of reframe that, but it took me forever. Right. I think like the, I mean, I deal with a similar thing. I think most people, most people don't get exactly what they want. You have probably 15% control over what actually happens. And so when you get when you do succeed it's like well this is not what the plan was and so now it feels like luck and it has nothing to do with who i me or what i actually do the i just stumbled into this yes but But the converse of that is if it goes badly then it's all your fault (laughs) right yeah it makes no sense no sense the brain is is a trap standard (laughs) right the brain is just out to get all of us Um, let's answer a couple of questions here. This is called, I said, no emails. People write into, I said, no gifts at gmail.com. I really hope that Jim does most of the things you ask him to do. Cause people around the world are just telling you to fuck off. I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> Jim does not do a single thing I ask him to do. Perfect. So I'm just living a life of chaos. Yes. Um, this first one says, uh, let's see. Hello, Bridger and very special guest. So they've nailed it. Thank you. Uh, I would love your help with figuring out birthday gifts for four of my closest friends. This person's getting greedy with their request already. Uh, (laughs) Their birthdays are between the end of May and the first week in June. I guess I have a thing for Gemini's. We're all reuniting for the first time post-vax for a beach vacation in July. I'd love to bring something to the beach that we can do or enjoy together while we're all here, as they're all flying and we'll have limited luggage space to get a gift home with them. Interests we all have in common. Taylor Swift, cooking, making cocktails, and playing games. We also went to college together. Okay, so congratulations on maintaining relationships. Um, (laughs) Thanks in advance for your help. I love your... Oh, this is very nice. I love your show so much, and your advice is always spot on. Thank you, Maddie. Maddie is, you know, ending this on a really good note, despite kind of asking the world of us. It's easy, though. Four gifts. I got it. What? 
So she, you're, she's going to, I would give them an experience because nobody has any room in their luggage. Right, right. It should probably be um, a cooking, like a cooking class where they oh. will make you cocktails. And there's a time limit on, which is the game aspect, where the time limit on how, when you have to have the dish finished. Oh, that's great. And you're basically all in it together. You're pitching your oil and water to them. It's to not the live like that. I mean, I was thinking, <laughs> well, listen, if your birthdays are all together and you're already going to be traveling to go to the beach, isn't that gift enough? But if you want to gild the lily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are. you might as well go for it. Hire some say, cocktail. What do, yeah. what do they call those people that uh, a mixologist? Mixologists. Yes. Hire a good looking mixologist to guide you through this game. Hell yeah. And yeah. maybe, you know, buy everyone matching bathing suits. That'll make everyone uncomfortable. Ooh, good God. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> that would be the end of the vacation. It would be the end of the friendships. <laughs> <laughs> Which they've been together since college. It's probably time to meet some new people. Maddie, say. you've gotten your answer. <laughs> Let's do you mind if we answer one yes, more? Please. I'm just okay. This one just says hi, period, which is a, I'm gonna be honest, is a little stern <laughs> way into an email. It could be to anyone. Are you sure it's to you? <laughs> I know this could have been sent to the wrong address. Um, let's see. Hi, I've fallen madly in love with a fan of your show. Oh, interesting. And I overthink everything. His birthday is at the end of July, he likes punk rock both playing and listening, and is talented in a lot of ways, making neon poop sculptures and house-made musical instruments, vegan burritos, and... What is happening here? And sweet, sweet whoopee. This person's just uh, invaded my email to tell me that she has a great sex life. Wow. Uh, maybe reading this request would be enough? Okay, yes. Uh, but if you want to suggest a good first birthday gift to give your lover after you pair up, that'd be great, too. Be well and LMK. Let me know. Thanks. Kisses. And that's from Rachel. Uh, now, the last name here, let's just say Rachel K. Apparently doesn't even listen to the podcast. The boyfriend's <laughs> listening to the podcast. Oh. This is ridiculous. Ah. She's writing in and asking for my work. I don't even know that she's listening to the show. That's she's hilarious. writing in to brag about sex. Uh, <laughs> her boyfriend loves punk music. I'm not giving this person. I mean... Maybe Yardley has something. I'm I'm not giving Rachel another second of my time. I have an idea. Maybe what? she should give him a whoopee cushion since they make sweet, sweet whoopee. And then it would be <laughs> a pun, but also a gift. And that, you know. There you go. I'm just saying. She could write a message on the whoopee cushion like, Right. I, I love, love you. you. Or uh, listen to I Said No Gifts. Yes, that would uh, be actually really the best message. Rachel, I'm giving you uh, my permission to uh, sign my name for me. So get the <laughs> get the whoopee cushion and sign Love Bridger Weiniger. You can uh, uh, do whatever you want there. Uh, I don't care. Uh, I'm, I will not sue in this particular case. You heard it here first, Rachel. <laughs> Yardley, we've done an excellent job. I mean, just five stars all around answering questions. People can't complain. And if they do, you know, I'm going to ban them from listening. So <laughs> I am so thrilled to have had you here. What a wonderful time I've had. And now I've got this lovely gift, which is also a threat to my life, which I just love. I like a little danger. It's the gift that keeps on giving. 
you know, bury like, me with it. That's all I ask. Yes, yes. So uh, I can I, become a, like a, a grave robbers. I would love to have a, my grave grave robbed. That's what? the dream. Why not? Sure, why not? What do you care? You'd be There's dead. something very charming about getting your ro- grave robbed. <laughs> that means they really, really want you. Right. Doesn't it? Right. <laughs> oh, Bridger, this has been the most fun. I really feel like we pulled today, yeah. you know, out of a downward spiral. Oh, we started at negative 50 <laughs> with this, the audio issues that we dealt with that the listener didn't even have to deal with. Uh, we came from a very stressful place to a place where I think we can move on with our lives and feel better about the world. 100%. And I feel um, I've laughed so much with you. I find you just so delightful, a wonderful conversationalist, incredibly gracious. Oh, I've bless had the you. best time. Well, everyone go listen to uh, Small Town Dicks and, then, and stop listening to this podcast now because it's over. Take care of yourself. I'm going to stop talking. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads when I invited you here thought I made myself perfectly clear when you're a guest in my home you gotta come to me empty-handed I said no gifts your presence is presence